Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Okay, so, today we are going to be talking about that game against the New York Islanders. I think that was a big statement game for the Montreal Canadiens. I think it was very important. We saw key contributions from Paul Byron, Charles Houdon, Jeff Petrie has scored in back-to-back games now. And I just think, I want to cover that. You know, I think that's, while we are losing, and we're probably going to be, you know, bottom bottom of the league, top 10 pick this season at the end, I do think it's important that this team shows that they are not going to give up. They're going to keep fighting. And given the direction that Mark Bergevin seems to be taking this team, which is, you know, playoff competition next season, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot you got to keep that winning culture around. And since we've only had one game since our last episode, I'm going to look more into some AHL stats and, you know, talk about Kakaniemi's progress down there with Laval. Now, I haven't personally been able to watch a lot of Laval Rocket games. They are out of region for me, and it's very, very hard to find them online. I am trying my best to kind of keep you guys updated, keep myself informed it can be kind of difficult. And then we're going to move on to um, just some general NHL news, simply because there isn't a lot of Habs stuff to talk about. You know, the Habs world has been kind of quiet lately, but I think that's okay. You know, every once in a while, we do have to broaden our horizons and look at what's going on in the rest of the league. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, so as I previously mentioned, Montreal beat the Islanders. 6-2 6-2 to two just this past Tuesday. It was a big statement game for the Montreal Canadiens. You know, the Islanders recently acquired John Gabriel Pajot, a known Habs killer for a historically, you know, just massive trade that I talked about, a first, a second, and a third. I was very mad. I compared a lot of Pajot to Tatar and how did Montreal not get this so I, th- I love that Montreal beat them it just kind of gives me a little bit of pleasure knowing that maybe we didn't miss out too badly or I don't know I just it makes me happy makes me even happier is that Pajot finished with a negative five and if you know anything about Pajot if you've watched you know a lot of Ottawa Montreal hockey you know that he is a Habs killer he dominates us so it's nice to see that the Habs finally kind of you know, got him on hold, you know, screwed him up for once. But while looking at the stats, an interesting thing about this game, six goals, different goal scorers on each goal for the Montreal Canadiens. Starting things off with the most Gallagher-esque goal we have seen all season. Um, Gallagher was driving to the net, just in front of the net, and getting absolutely just manhandled, pushed, thrown around, somehow gets a beautiful deflection get the go-ahead goal assist from Sherrod and Deneau Petrie scored a very nice goal to follow that up shortly after like two minutes after assisted by Gallagher and Deneau Deneau had a quietly very very good game and I think the biggest goal that Montreal scored all game from Charles Houdon just a beautiful just made nothing made something out of nothing just took the puck entered the zone high high slot and just absolutely sniped it top shelf and I talked about Charles Hunon a few weeks ago now and when you look at his stats he is one of the most 
interesting stat lines in hockey. In the AHL, he's continually every season scored more goals, a career high in goals, while going down in assists, but dominates in the AHL. Had a fairly good true rookie season um, in 2015-16 and 2016-17. He played three games each, two points each season, but, you know, wasn't really, we're not going to count that. In 2017-18, he scored 30 points in 72 games for 10 goals. You know, that's pretty good um, quality. Like, it, it's not anything to freak out about. It's not going to jump off the page. He's not a star player. I get that. But it was some decent numbers. You know, we're looking at a guy who could project to become a 40, 35-point scorer on a third-line scoring role or a fourth-line very, very high-end fourth line, preferably a low second to third line player, and, you know, we were excited. And then, obviously, last season, 32 games, 5 points, got sent back down to the AHL. This season, he sporadically played, only has 2 points in 12 games, but just after he scored that, I noticed that he was shooting the puck more, he was playing well, he got put on a line with Domi, played phenomenal, they had a few great chances after that. I really liked what I saw from Charles Houdon tonight, or not tonight, sorry, um, last Tuesday, and it, it just, um, I don't know, it gave me a little bit of hope, you know, hopefully he can carry some of that momentum through the rest of the season, show that he is capable of scoring goals, and maybe be on the team next year, because honestly, I really do like Charles Houdon, he is a Quebec-born player, it, Montreal, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's nice to have... I'm not from Quebec, so it's not as big of a deal for me, but it's nice to have, you know, homegrown guys. It, it, it just means more to them to play there. And I just, I don't know, I just like that, and I, I just think it's good for the organization. Plus, Charles Houdon is a guy who, he's been with Montreal for so long, you'd think he's like a grizzled veteran. He's only 25, he just, he seems like he's been with the organi organization forever, and that's probably because he has been. Um... One of those guys who just absolutely dominates the AHL level, but that extra step into the NHL, it just, it's too hard for him. I don't know if, the, clearly there's a few seconds difference in how much time you have on the ice, and that just that's just enough to just throw Charles Houdon off. I'm sure it's probably a psychological thing at this point, too. You know, he's just, uh, sorry, gotten frustrated by struggling not being able to capitalize on chances. But when he first entered the league, I remember he scored an absolutely insane goal against Ottawa where he um he like windmilled around Eric Carlson and did this insane like little toe drag thing and it was his first NHL goal and everyone was freaking out cuz we'd been waiting for this guy to come up. It was just it was a beautiful goal. And he still shows glimpses of that kind of raw talent. So I think it'll be I'm really hopeful that um he can continue to show that consistently because he was showing it last uh last tuesday so really 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 hopeful that that works out i'm really hoping claude julian keeps him up for the rest of the season and then to follow that up another huge contribution that means so much even though it was a six nothing game it's important to highlight that Paul Byron is fucking back, baby. Paul Byron scored a shorthanded goal in Paul Byron's fashion. I have not... Oh, man. I have not seen a shorthanded Paul Byron goal 
in a very, very long time, and he is one of the best in the game at them. Obviously, this season has been completely derailed by injuries for him. He's only played 26 games, has 10 points for with 4 goals. Shooting percentage of 17%. You know, he's when he's played, he's been on fire. Very happy to have him back, not only on the ice, but in the locker room. This guy has an alternate captaincy for a reason. It's not because he is a star player, which I do think he's a very quality player. I think he can easily put up 40 points consistently. He had been showing that the last two seasons that he was a quality player. 2016-17 put up 43 points. 17-18-35. Um, last season was also derailed by injuries, but he was on pace to shatter his career high. He had 31 points, 56 games with 15 goals. He's a proven goal scorer who can do it at the top level in the NHL. I just think that his loss hurt our season a lot more than anyone could have imagined. And this is the team that, for the most part, with the exception of Kakaniemi, um, that we thought we were going to see, you know, all season. This was our starting lineup. And for the first time in a very, very, very long time, we got to see them play. And they did not disappoint. They played exceptionally well. Obviously, a 6-2 victory against the New York Islanders, coached by Barry Trotz, and Hall of Fame caliber coach who could be in the running for the Jack Adams this season, in my personal opinion. Um, I think, what what are, the Islanders are like, I think they're 11th in the league right now. They're a very, very good team. Montreal came out, beat the shit out of them. They own that game. And this is the team that we wanted to see at the start of the season. We wanted to have all season long. Obviously, injuries and other, you know, factors prevented that. But I am hopeful that if we're a healthy next season with the additions of, you know, Romanov, hopefully Noah Juleson can come back. Um, I'm hoping Caulfield, personally, I hope Caulfield stays with Wisconsin, but if he chooses and or elects to come to the NHL, Cole Caulfield, Suzuki's going to improve. I think this team could definitely make the playoffs next season. Um, I don't personally believe that is the best course of action to becoming a championship a contending team i think we could do it faster through the rebuild i don't think it's a bad way of doing it i just don't personally agree with it but yeah that gives me hope that you know going into next season we're we're going to be able to compete with some top top caliber teams now before i move on from this game i just want to quickly acknowledge what happened to johnny boychuk a very very scary incident um, later on in the game, I was actually looking away when it happened. I, it was like halfway through the third period. Um, Arturi Lekkinen tripped. If you didn't see it, I'm sure you probably have. Um, caught Boychuk in the face with his skate. And, oh man, it was a brutal scene. Boychuk was visibly panicking as, like centimeters away from just lacerating his eye can confirm now that it did not cut his eye he it did it's not going to affect his vision permanently i don't believe or that's what i'm reading and what i've heard um 
it got like right above his eyelid. He required 90 stitches. They have no timetable for his return. Freak accident, stuff like this is going to happen. It's obviously very unlucky. Just wanted to say that my thoughts and prayers are with Johnny Boychuk. Hope he gets better soon. I'm Arturi Lekkinen obviously felt horrible. And it was a very scary thing to see. Obviously, Boychuk is a very veteran guy. Um, going into his sixth or seventh season with the Islanders now, um, he's getting up there like 30. I think he's 37, 36. Veteran guy who, for the most part, tell me if I'm wrong, I've never heard anything bad about Johnny Boychuk. He's always seemed to be pretty classy. Just defensive defenseman, kind of grit of grind, just you, quiet, consistent veteran player very obviously it's bad when any player goes down but johnny boychuk you know thoughts and prayers are with you hope you get better soon so kakiniemi <clears throat> so kakiniemi continues to light it up for the laval rocket 11 points in 11 games all of which are in fact assists um still yet to find the score sheet but playing very, very well for the Laval Rocket. Um, I just feel like he's finally coming into it, like, you know, taking on that star um, role that he's supposed to have in the NHL. And it's understandable why he kind of maybe took a step back because he's playing on a very... Yeah, Montreal's a talented team, I would say. A pretty talented team with some very high-skilled forwards. In which, you know, he's still one of the youngest players in the NHL. It just naturally probably took a step back. But Joel Bouchard is telling him that, you know, wants him to be that star player. You know, take a lead role, hog the puck, take up ice time. You're supposed to be the guy. And everything that I've heard is that he's starting to play like the guy again, which is only going to benefit his development, it, like, so, so much. Because... Looking back at it, I did find that in Montreal, he was not always willing to try and take things on himself when he could have, especially when playing with Lekkanen and Armia. When um, you're Jesperi Kakniemi and you are the most skilled forward playing out there and you're on a two-on-one and you have a chance to shoot and you like to pass it to our Arturi Lekkanen who notoriously can't capitalize on chances like that. Um, I think it just shows a lack of confidence, and I think that's what he had. But, you know, obviously he hasn't scored yet in the AHL, so we'll, it's still yet to be seen. I'm sure he'll get there. Once he scores, I think he'll start scoring and put up a few more points, score a few more goals. But I think it was definitely the right call for his development, sending him to the Val. And... I'm really excited to see him back with Montreal at next season. I don't know if he'll come back up this season. I would love to see that and see where he can get to, but he'll definitely be with Montreal next season, so I wouldn't worry about that. And I think he's going to definitely put up more. I think we're going to see a career high in points from Kakaniemi next season. Now, right before we move on to you know, general NHL talk, um, the one big piece of news in the Montreal Canadiens world is Claude Julien has been confirmed that he will be back next season. And a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans are up in arms about this. Um, not happy. I'm sure a lot of you guys are not happy about it either. But myself, personally, I think this is actually a good move. And that's not to say I envision 
Claude Julien um, taking us through this rebuild or retool. I think Claude Julien is a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's a great coach. I don't know if he's great with developing players. I've stated that a lot in the past. However, I do think that the worst thing for the Montreal Canadiens right now would be to fire their coach near the later stages of the season and not have certainty as to going into next season. I think my big thing has been having a plan and sticking to it, and that's all I really want is consistency because then the players understand whether or not they have the coach has given up, the GM has given up, whatever, and they actually have something to play for now. Now, that's not to say that if Montreal is doing absolute horribly, horribly, playing absolutely horribly next season, 2015, 25 games in, that Mark Bergeron shouldn't fire him. That's not what I'm saying at all. Claude Julien, his head should be on the chopping block soon. Like his, his ass is pressed against the fire. He'll be the first to go before Mark Bergeron. But I, I do think it is integral that Montreal just, you know, let's not throw hell to the wheels and just cause a big stir right before the end of the season. We can stick it out, ride it out, like what, 15 more games? till the end of the season, we can deal with him. And I think that's the best course of action for us to take. So props to Mark Bergevin there for making that move. So a massive change that just got released coming out of, I think it was the GM's meeting that they just held. The NHL is project projecting between an 84 to $88 million salary cap next season. On the high end of $88 million, that would be almost a $7 million increase, 6.5 to be exact. Now, that could free up a lot of space. That's an extra star player for a bunch of teams. That will also, however, mean contracts are going to get more expensive. But when looking at this, Montreal is going into next season with, if that cap goes all the way up, they'll have like $26 million dollars. No big UFAs to sign. Montreal is going to be in a very, very good space. I'm sorry, position for cap space. So this is some very exciting news, not only for Montreal, for, but for a lot of teams across the league. Um, they also said that they are not going to fix the offside thing, although they said it would be addressed. They said something would come of it. It didn't. Personally, that super pissed me off because... I don't think offsides should be reviewable in the first place. That's the one thing that, while I hate the refs entirely, I think that's just a, a call you have to, unless it's egregious, you know, unless it's absolutely horrible like that Colorado one a few years ago, I don't think it should be reviewable. But whatever, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with me. Whatever, that's the rule. I do think they need to make it more clear what the rule is, though, and that is a little bit frustrating, um, but what can you do? Hopefully, they'll address that soon at some point. I always find it interesting how out of these meetings, they always do comment on how they're going to address the big issues. That is what they are for, and you know, historically, they have been able to cover some major issues in the NHL, but they always seem to miss out on the grand scheme of things, the big points, like... I'm not sure if this is something that they, if this falls under their jurisdiction, so maybe I'm being crazy here. I don't 
I'm not that into it, but you know, why aren't they talking about the Department of Player Safety? I have not heard anything coming from the head of the NHL, Gary Bettman, like GMs, anything about George Peros and NHL Safety Committee. It's absolutely horrible. This season, we've seen a bunch of just stupid stuff, dumb suspensions, suspensions that have been missed. It's just been absolutely brutal. And it hasn't been discussed at all. NHL officiating doesn't seem to really have been discussed. And it's been, in my eyes, historically brutal this season. And I think that, in that regard, the league really needs to take more of a... um, I want to say NBA approach and just listen to their fans. You know, the fans are telling you what's wrong. The players are telling you what's wrong. Listen to them, and those are the issues we can discuss. Because I hate the offside thing, but that's not my main concern. My main concern, I don't think it's anyone's main concern. My main concern is player safety and NHL officiating. And it just seems to me that my opinion, the fan opinion, the people that fund all of these people's livelihoods, it, our, our opinions are being ignored. And that kind of bothers me. Don't get me wrong, I could definitely get into a massive, just long, overbearing rant about my issues with that, because I have a lot of issues with the NHL. You guys have heard me talk about it all season. But instead, I'm going to wrap things up there. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to, you know, send me your opinions on what I've talked about here, um, the direction of the team, whatever, you can always contact Follow me, give me a shout, whatever you want, at Habs Nightly on Twitter. Also, make sure to follow at HockeyPodNet on Twitter, the official Twitter account of the Hockey Podcast Network. For any other inquiries, whether that's questions, you just want to give a shout, whatever, you can email me if you're not going to use Twitter, at HabsNightly at gmail.com. I appreciate all feedback, guys. I really do like hearing what you guys have to say. It brightens my day. It makes me feel good. And I just genuinely love hockey. I love talking about hockey, so I'd love to chat hockey with you guys. But we're going to leave it there. So as always, I've been Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly. Thank you for stopping by.